Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Ground was broken on February the 15th, 1970, and Hot Springs Village was officially opened on June the 1st, 1970, by John A. Cooper Sr., a developer. The village is North America's largest gated community consisting of 26,000 acres. It's also the largest property owners association operated community with over 32,000 property owners. Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is one of the most beautiful places on the earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village inside out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Our special guest today is Tom Heffer, PGA member and director of golf for the Hot Springs Village POA. Joining Tom are his teammates, Mike Sosha, PGA member and assistant director of golf, and Matt LaWarn, golf sales director. Together, they are the three amigos of golf inside Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Well, for the first time ever, it appears, as best I understand it, we have the entire golf department on our show at once. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have known? Well, obviously not the entire golf department. Uh, it's great to have Tom, Matt, Mike. It's wonderful to have everybody here today. And I tell you what, we're going to get right into it. Uh, what is a stay and pay package? How do, how do I come in from the outside? And I've never been to the village. I want to come. I want to try playing golf. Matt, what would I do? Uh, well, basically, that Dennis, they would uh, they would call our phone number, our tea times, and uh, they would get in touch with us, uh, or they would email us, and they would just say, "Hey, we're looking to come and play some golf, stay in the village, or locally, be at Hot Springs or whatever." And uh, we would set it up via you know setting up the tea times. We collect in advance, and since we do not have housing as far as a POA, we give them the option of uh, phone numbers for hotels in downtown Hot Springs. We would much rather have them stay here in the village, which probably 98% do uh, because they're here to play golf, you know? Yeah, and, now, uh, do they stay through local realty companies or how do they, they do that? They do. They do. Realty companies, VRBOs, Airbnbs. Uh, we have Village Villas, which is kind of a management company that's got a lot of homes within their inventory. And uh, we help them get that dialed in. And housing is... The hardest part, as I always say, golf's easy, but the eight golf courses that we handle, uh, the ninth being Diamante, there's plenty of golf, plenty of tee times uh, available. Of course, COVID and what we've seen, they're filling up fast. And, uh, you know, we start booking stay and play packages late December, early January for the year. Uh, you know, and right now we're we're rocking and rolling. It's been, been quite busy, so. So, Tom, it only takes a pandemic to turn around the future of golf. Is that all it takes? I'm just confused here. Tom's the director, of course. <laughs> Well, it seems like people thought golf was a lot safer than any other thing they can do during the pandemic. So they all came out. Um, we had uh, pickleball actually shut down here in the village during the beginning of the pandemic. And the pickleball players didn't like that very much. So they, they were really watching golf and taking pictures. And I was getting all these pictures of people being too close together and things like that. And uh, we watched it. We got it going. We made it safe, sanitizing, doing all our things, keeping people away. Single cart riders, which people don't understand how much um, abuse our carts took. Everybody took their own cart. And it, we kept turning carts over and over and going through the carts. And they aged pretty much a year uh, in six months real quick. 
Also, a funny story was I went down this side road by accident here in the village by Granada. And during this, when pickleball was closed, I, I turned down the street. Next thing I know, I see about 30 cars and two handmade pickleball courts drawn on the cul-de-sac and they were all playing pickleball and they all scattered when I came down. I, I thought it was great. I just thought uh, people were very imaginative how to get through this pandemic, including golf. So there is, there is not a 12 step for pickleball. Is that what I hear? Or is there is, uh... <laughs> not that I know of. So they're, they're, they're back playing, which is great. They, they really found a way to be safe and, and do this and golf just never skipped a beat. We never shut down one day not one day. Um, and it seemed to get busier by the day. Wow. Wow. Mike, what would you say is your greatest challenge working at the golf department? Right now, our greatest challenge is just, uh, keeping our staff with us. Uh, I mean, we're doing so much more with, with so many less people and, and we really require a lot out of them. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for good people and we have a continuous listing on our website for, for employment. That's really our biggest challenge. You know, we, we, get some good employees. We have some great volunteers that help us get around the golf course and keep it at a four hour pace. And you know, we're the talk of the country by doing that. Really? Well, and Tom, I, I've always, for me, I've always loved golf. I remember great memories as a kid playing golf with my dad. And I, I remember I was, uh, we were at, uh, Oh, uh, fair park in little rock, which, you know, park gravel in some places, it was just a really poor course, you know? And I remember as a kid, my dad let me knock a putt and it was probably a 25 footer and I was maybe 12 and then it went right in and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, and what it's supposed to do. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I'd done anything that great. You know, I didn't know the relativity of it, but I remembered some fantastic memories from that. And so on one hand you have to be frank about it, a business. And I mean, you've got eight golf courses, what, uh, 150 holes, I guess, 160 holes that y'all manage and, and take care of. And they sit there like unused inventory all the time, or you're overwhelmed. One of the two, how, how do you manage that? What do you do? We do a good job. Mike, Mike's great at this. So I'm giving kudos to Mike. Uh, we have to check our T-sheets daily for supply and demand. I mean, we, we move and, and close courses when they're not needed, especially during the, the winter months is obviously where we get slow. The summer months, we haven't been able to do much of anything but keep going, going, going. I mean, our rounds, we did, you know, 243,000 rounds last year, um, which is up from, you know, 18, 19. We just saw an explosion from 20 and 21. So it keeps us busy. It keeps us hopping. Our, uh, like Mike said about the, the shortness in our, some of our employees, the, the maintenance crews feels it the most. You know, they're trying to keep these courses going seven days a week. No matter if we're open or not, they're out there. They have to mow the greens. They have to mow the fairways. They have to get the course ready every day. And, and they've been shorthanded through this uh, COVID um, impact with people staying at home, not working, um, collecting you know, getting paid to stay at home a little bit too. So it's hard to get them back working again and we're slowly coming. So and that's been our biggest challenge, trying to keep staff. And now I'm learning our biggest challenge is trying to get uh, equipment, merchandise, anything else, because the supply chain is just uh, way slowed down. So me and Randy have been working on that, trying to get paid for sitting at home thing. And it has not <laughs> worked out. I don't know what, I, apparently we're not connected or something, <laughs> not something going on here. Well, Matt, t tell me what you work on and what your struggles are. How, what do you do? You know, as far as struggles, you know, we, as a, as a group, the three of us, I think we've got a, a kind of a great teamwork going. Mike's on the outside at the courses. I'm on the inside handling the phones you know, I wouldn't say there's really any struggles. We, we've done it long enough. 
uh, you know, the courses are in great shape, uh, as Tom has stated, and, and, and the feedback we get from the people that come and play, uh, you know, they're, gosh, really, I, no complaints on our end. You know, struggle-wise, sometimes you, you get maybe a member that might be a little bit salty for whatever reason. That's few and far between. We handle that. We try to make it right. We treat everybody with respect. Uh, and, and, and we continue what we do, you know, it's still just golf. It's an enjoyable thing. And, uh, and when you enjoy it every day, the people you work with, the people you deal with, and it's more than just us three, our department with what we have in tea times. And, you know, when we talk to the supers or the workers outside, I like to know everybody when we're out and we're doing things as a POA, we know more than just golf. You have people from public works or whatever. And when we were at the POA, we knew all the people in the accounting department and you say, good morning. It's just, for me, it's easy. And, you know, looking at your backdrop, Dennis, living on a lake, you know, how could it be anything different than the golf courses we have? And when we have friends and family that come in and they think, boy, you moved to Arkansas and they're thinking, really, it's kind of a flyover state. Yet when they come and visit us from Little Rock, drive down Highway 5, see nice homes, some burnout stuff, and they come through the gates and they go, whoa. And then you take them on a tour and you take them to the over or the Outlook or whatever that thing is uh, off of Herondia. And uh, you say, this is where we live. And they go, really? Wow. And, uh, and we've got friends all over, you know, like I say, from Ohio, New York, California, Seattle, Atlanta. They've all been here and they all want to come back as fast as they can so well, that's and how I, I well uh, and, and obviously it's, it's clear all three of y'all really get along together and i, I love the idea because i can see <laughs> you, you almost look like the fun committee because when <laughs> the poa everybody's like oh we got to work on these numbers and we got to work on this rules and we got to hey let's go play golf cool Ooh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, another drink come on let's go yeah, yeah. uh no but the, the reason I, I chuckle and see that is because what our, our watchers and listeners don't know is mike was at his house uh, and was having some technical difficulties next thing you know matt says come on over and it's literally like he walked from one screen to the other and now we have mike and matt both in the same screen i'm like well okay how did this happen how did two guys from where how did you get here yeah and, and if and if i get kind of another thing about us three is it's important that we take care of business every day, yeah. you know, and we understand <clears throat> what we do here and we're in touch every day to make it the best it can be. We look at the numbers, we discuss numbers, we discuss what we should charge, what we, you know, and, and all of that, not really it comes down to us, but we bounce it off of each other. And we, we've had our knockdown and drag outs, have we not guys? We've, you know, we've, we've gone round and round, but at the, end of the day, which is a term I use a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we remain friends. We remain passionate and we love the village and we love golf and just, uh, just our time here. It's, it's been well, and, and it's all for the better good. I mean, you disagree yeah. all you want, as long as we're doing the best thing for the village, right? Correct. That is correct. 100%. So, Mike, how did you get to the village? You know, I was working in Dallas back in late eighties guy who worked for moved to Pleasant Valley Little Rock so he moved there I was with him for about five years there I worked in Jonesboro and West Memphis and then things just kind of went south and then all of a sudden I ended up on Tom's doorstep at Hot Springs Village and started working at Diamani worked there for about four or five years got offered the job of a lifetime in San Antonio Texas which lasted nine months till the company sold and then came back here on the doorstep again and just kind of worked out for the last 10 or 11 years 
So Tom's the last resort is what I heard. That that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> he owes me from a junior golf match years ago that we bring up a lot. That's well, a let's story. hear that story. Let's hear the junior. Oh God, yeah. that's a story. <laughs> you open the door. I'm going to push it open. Uh, Randy, there's, there's, you know how there's always two sides to every story too, especially <laughs> yeah, about the golf game. You know, yeah, of course, of course. The, so the, who, who, the, 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 the ironic part about all this is Mike and I both grew up outside Rochester, New York. He, he was closer than I was, but we're Mike's about one year older than I am, and we played junior golf together when we were 15, 16 years old, and and played in some big tournaments and uh, made the state semis and things. Well, we ran into each other back in our teenage days. I didn't see Mike again for 25 years, Mike, and we ended up here in Hot Springs Village. So it was a roundabout way. We ended up back here after playing junior golf against each other back up in New York. It's a small world. It, it, it really is. is. It worked world. out that, really well. That's an incredible coincidence. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, I want to, I want to dive into some other personal stories. We'll come back around that in just a minute, but let's go from, from cradle to grave, as it were, if I wanted to play golf in the village and I wanted my kids to get started, Matt, where would I do? What would I do? You would contact Mike Sosha. So then, <laughs> okay, okay. How do you spell that name? Yeah. <laughs> so then we would get you involved with the uh, Las Nias group, our junior group here in the village, which is a great program. It's a seven-week program throughout the summer. They have lessons on Wednesdays. They play golf on Thursdays. They have a year-end tournament at the end of July. Um, so it's, it's basically a summer program for kids yeah. and it could be. So if, if, if the kids come and visit grandma and grandpa and, and they want to learn golf and grandma and grandpa say, Hey, you know, we'd love for you to learn the golf. This is the plan. And, and it's what days again. It, it's in uh, June and July, Wednesdays and Thursdays. But what happens once you register for the program, the golf department through Tom and, and previous directors of golf, John Paul, we give them a, a membership card that gives them a reduced golf rate the whole year, that whole calendar year. So they pay play for basically $5 instead of member rates, wow. which is a great way to play with your grandson, granddaughter. And we're looking at expanding that to the younger kids. You know, that program starts at eight. We're looking at really adding a four to seven year olds after going through some American coaching models. And they're saying, get those kids involved on the golf course. So we're actually right now exploring ways to get that going too during the same time. Wow. So, and, and then that, that, that wraps up what July, you said they had a tournament. Yep, they have their year-end tournament in July and a year-end picnic. And if you ever drive by the Balboa Pavilion last Thursday in July, you'll see probably 350 kids, parents out there for a cookout, passing out awards, giving out trophies. It's just a great experience if you've never seen. How long? Uh, I, I drove by Magellan. Oh, gee. <laughs> it's been four or five years ago. And they were having the Los Ninos program one morning. And, and I, I was like, why are all these cars? What is the, oh my, holy cow. How many kids are out here? You know, they, they have upwards 280 to 300 kids. You know, there'll be about 125 at any one day. It'll be about a hundred short for the clinics. I mean, it's, it's just, a, a, it takes a lot of volunteers. The junior committee has been doing it for over 25 years they offer scholarships to the seniors that graduate that are 18. It, it's just a great program. They, the scholarship's a four-year program that they're guaranteed $500 a year for four years for staying in college. So, And the, ages, the ages for this program is eight to? Eight to, eight to 18. They, they let you go to 18, 
but then we're looking at expanding that to, to four to seven year olds right now. We're actually trying to put a little thing together to do it on Saturday afternoons and get those younger kids who really don't have the, the, you know, the, the ability to get with the, the older kids, but they still right. want to play golf. And we still have a lot of interest with our grandparents and, and parents here in the village, to get their kids involved in golf. And the cost of this program is the cost it's on the internet. I want to say it's $40 a year. It's, it's, it's way cheap. And they, they do an outstanding job of going to get uh, volunteers and sponsors to help sponsor the program for the whole year. And is there a limit? Is there a cap nope. to how many kids? No, we, we've never, no, we're, we're trying to get to 500. That's awesome. How, how many volunteers does it take to run a program like this, Tom? A bunch. No, they, they have quite a few. And I just want to update there. They're changing it a little bit this year. They're going to go to Tuesdays for their, their lesson day instead of Wednesdays and still play on Thursdays at Coronado. So I just wanted to update that. They, they had a little change. They, they have volunteers on uh, their teaching day of probably 40 to 45. And then they have um, on Thursdays, uh, they have a, a, an adult with every group that goes out on the golf course. So it takes quite a few volunteers. And uh, Jack Berry, who's in, uh, really the, the leader uh, and has been the leader of this for years, and does a great job does a great job here from the village. Well, if somebody wanted to volunteer to be a, 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 a volunteer for this, would just contact the golf department, Matt? Yes, that'd be fine. Okay. Matt, is there, a, is there a web, is there a web page or that, that talks there, about this program? There is. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, how I look for it is uh, I just Google uh, HSV junior golf. Yeah. And we'll uh, link it. We'll, we'll have a link. So if you're listening or watching this, just go to hot springs, village inside out.com to this episode. And we'll have links. We'll have uh, links. All all the contacts are on uh, explorethevillage.com too for junior golf. Yeah, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Now, Tom, I assume that most of the golfers that are in, and, and Matt, help me here. Give me a profile. Who is your average golfer? And I know, okay, give me three profiles. Who's your average golfers? Uh, have, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have kind of different days of the week golfers. How's that? We have, we have people that still work that are here on the weekends more. We have our, our residents who play pretty much Monday through Sunday. You know, a lot of them will play five rounds a, a week, but we have younger professionals up until our super seniors, which is great. They're 80 and above. And we have quite a few of them and we have more single digit 80, 80 year olds here in the village, which means they're good players than probably anywhere in the country. So, um, uh, the older the older golfers uh, do a really good job in the village and play really well. And um, if, if you ever watch the vo- village voice, many of them shoot the rage quite often. So it, it's a that's a hard uh, goal to reach for a lot of us. But we have a lot of them here that shoot the rage quite often. Well, I the- have to live to ninety six to shoot my age. <laughs> really, really? Well, you know, and Tom, you said a moment ago that you know Mike was just what a year older, but he just looks so much older. Is that what it is? Oh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> hey, listen, no, I, I wanted to come back in because I'm trying to envision for the people who are outside, uh, you know, and, and myself, I love playing golf. It's been probably three or four years now. And, and I play it obviously for the enjoyment. I certainly don't play it because I'm any good at all. Uh, and I can hit that ball a country mile, but getting it in that little dang hole just drives me. Anyway, so uh, where I'm going with that is, is how would somebody go about learning or getting assistance. I mean, let Matt, for example, I'm a 40 something year guy. Okay. I'm not quite 40, but I'm 40 something. And I want to learn to play golf. What would I do, Matt? You would reach out to Mike or Tom or whomever gives lessons and get a lesson. 
It's like anything else, practice, practice, practice. If you want to get better at your game. Uh, I Now, are there pros in the village that would give me training? Yes. I, uh, again, you have Mike Sosha and Tom Heffer. Mike gives a lot more because Tom is quite busy in the office, but still does. Uh, and we do have a couple more, do we not, guys? Uh, Mike, Mike can handle this because he also, Mike has started some uh, beginner's clinics I'd love him to touch on because he's yeah, done a go. great job with instruction here in the village. You know, we have a couple other pros, Jerry Fitzgerald, who's retired here from Nebraska. We have a gentleman, Michael Bennett, who's here that works for us on one of the maintenance crews that's looking, trying to get back in the PGA of America program. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we send out these e-blasts, and you'll see what we call beginner's clinics. And we'll have them at all eight golf courses. The reason we have them at all eight golf courses, we try to show people how to get to all eight golf courses. <laughs> Um, for any ladies that are looking to play, there's a, a group here in Hot Springs Village called the Real Housewives of Hot Springs Village. And they do a clinic every Sunday at one o'clock. And um, Dorothy Dean runs that. And, you know, we've built them up from seven players in November to last week we had 19 players in the rain at Magellan. So they will show up every Sunday at one o'clock. It's on their schedule. But, it, you know, there's a lot of ways to go, and, and we, we get you with groups that are comparable to your personalities. And that's what all the golf shop managers are great at. We'll introduce ourselves. We'll get to know you, live around a golf course. And then through the way we interact with you, we get you a great game that you're going to enjoy the rest of, of your time here at Hot Springs Village and do something. Amazing. I was actually just thinking I pulled up at the gates the other day, and uh, there was a big van in front of me. And it said HSV, little bitty letters, wallpaper, stripper. What? 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 And then, and then I heard on the radio the other day the HSV Happy Hookers, which is the quilting company. Yeah. Everybody's got a sense of humor. Everybody's got a sense of humor. I like that. I like that. I like that. So let, let's say that I'm I'm learning how to play. I'm developing my skills. I mean, are there? And and I I really I as much as I know about the village. So I'll go to, uh, I'll be at Isabella. Okay. I walk in the wall in the bathroom at Isabella and there'll be men's, uh, MGAs lined up on the wall. What, what is, is the men's group, I guess. And how do you do that? And what do they do? Well, we have quite a few events or leagues as we call them. We have the MGA 18 hole league, which plays on Monday and Tuesday and, and they split up their guys by viability. So the little higher handicaps play on Monday together and the lower handicaps play on Tuesday. Then we go right into Wednesday, and we have uh, two ladies' leagues, the Duffers, one of them, that play at Coronado every week, and uh, the Social League, which kind of branched out from our WGA 18, and they, they take golf a little less serious than our WGA 18 that plays on Thursday that uh, are the better female golfers in the village and uh, play by the rules and, and have fun doing that. And then on Friday are the – I call the biggest and fun leagues, and we have the WGA – nine hole ladies and the MGA uh, nine hole men. And the men are our biggest league in the village, the nine hole men. And I don't know what the average age is, but I got to say it's over 70, 75. And they play every Friday, regardless of the weather. And uh, it's our biggest league and they have a ball. We also on Sundays, we have a couples league. So every day of the week, except Saturday, there's a, there's a league playing in hot springs village during the nice weather, you know, April through October. So okay, well, there's this, many this opportunities is- to play. This interview has been helpful for me so far because I did not know that. 
I had no idea. I, and when you said social, I thought you said social league. Like there's a whole social. No, no, no social. social, social, social. I got it. I got it. And, and guys, I don't, because I, I have a little perspective here. Uh, I've got a buddy, Jeff Atkins, who's been on the show with us. He couldn't wait to volunteer to go work at the PGA event at the Elotion Club. Okay. And I'm like, you're, you're paying them for you to volunteer, to get a t-shirt to work. But, but apparently the Elotion Club owned by the Stevens, of course, is a pretty nice place, right? Very nice. Would, would that be in the top 1% of the PGA nationwide ish? It's, it's right in the top 20 in the world. Really? So, yes. Okay. So where let me, let me village... take that back. Top 20 in the United States for sure. Uh, okay. Maybe top okay. 30 in the world. Well, where do, where does the, where does the village rate? I don't even, I don't have a clue. I mean, Matt, what? Well, about 21st in the world. <laughs> 20, 21st and a half, maybe. Yeah, exactly. We're right there. We're right there. There's uh, a big difference between the Elosha, which is a, a, a private club. Um, with much larger budgets and pretty much unlimited with the Stevens group. So private clubs get ranked quite a bit higher than, than our resort, semi-private public uh, areas. So uh, there's a lot more public and semi-private golf courses in the country than there are private courses, but the private mm -hmm. courses are the ones that get ranked because they, they have a lot more endless supply of money to keep their golf courses and their clubhouses uh, to a very high level. And, and a whole lot less use, I suspect, too, right? Yes, yes. Well, and, and Matt, we touched on this earlier in another discussion. What? So can anybody play in the village? Can I just, anybody? Anybody. Yes. Okay. Anybody it, can the, play. But, but it's a members-only place. So tell me how that works. Well, basically, you know, yes, it is members-only. And with the golf department and the golf courses we have, you just have to be allowed in the gates by us. So what people would do is they would call ahead via the pro shop tea times or whatever set up set up a, a time we would email them access to come in to play golf so we are still gated we still control that uh we email the gates every single day uh in regards to outside play uh so that is basically you know i, I think we discussed that in the past we were kind of like are we on lockdown is it just us uh it, it is not. We allow outside play and uh, it's good for us. And I know this is a very loaded question. I know it is a really loaded question. <laughs> what does it cost? Anywhere from during prime time, uh, which is basically April through uh, October, $39 to $80. Uh, okay, now is that member for, or non-members or what? That is for non-members. That is strictly guests. And we have a lot of, uh, as we talk all the time, we have a lot of different fees. We have a company member guest fees. We have state weeks. We have family fees. Uh, we have different tiers, the tier one in the morning prime and the tier two in the afternoons. Uh, but uh, it's, it's something that, that, that we work with and we've talked about and, and we're very uh, uh, competitive. We're very competitive. Uh, you know, when you said that number, you know, up to 80 bucks, I'm thinking, man, some of the nicer courses across the country for, for public, 80 bucks is, you know, pretty moderate, you know, that's not, that's not the highest I've ever heard. So if we can, because I don't think I, I may never have this opportunity again. And thank you each for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Tom. Um, let's go through them real quick. Tom, your spin on DeSoto. Give me your, give me your handy, your, your handicappers profile of it. Of the DeSoto golf course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very, obviously that's the first one built in uh, hot springs village. 
It's very, it's got the feel of the old school golf course, tree lined, little bit narrower fairways, um, not overly long in yardage, great, great greens, great vistas, um, but definitely an old school golf course built in the seventies compared to our newer courses like Granada and Isabella, which have these fairways that you can line, land airplanes on compared to DeSoto, which are very, very narrow, but what a fun golf course DeSoto has been. And, and with the new Bermuda greens that we put in there a few years back, uh, it's a great facility to have fun with without beating yourself up on difficulty because we can get much di more difficult in the village than DeSoto, but it, it's one of the favorites out there. Yeah. And, you know, we had had the privilege of talking with Tom Clark about this the other day, and he was saying that, you know, as they built basically from west to east, that the courses did get longer and wider, you know, from 300 to 400. And, I, you know, I've walked been to the village 20 years and it never really occurred to me that that is the story. Okay. Who wants to take Cortez? Who wants to give me a critique of Cortez? My favorite, by the way. Well, I, again, I will again. Go ahead, Matt, if you'd like. I, I would love to. I, I'm not really that good of a golfer. So I've seen a lot of people's backyards at Cortez, hit a lot of trees and all of that. So uh, have, have at it. I, among our residents, that usually gets voted their favorite golf course too, Dennis. It's, it's, it's a very popular golf course for, for our residents that live here year-round. It's the scenic one. Number 17 at Cortez is the most photographed hole in the village. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, you haven't seen anything about the village. Um, very, very scenic, very tree line with water. It, it's, it's, it's a fun golf course, but it, it'll, it'll get you if you're not careful out there. You better hit it straight at Cortez. And there's some more uh, target golf there. You've got to hit it to a certain area, then to the next area. It's not wide open, like we said, as you get more east. Well, as we said with Tom Clark, we were talking about is that the number eight on Cortez, uh, where you, you, and for those of you who don't play golf, you simply line up your ball on one of the, 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 uh, the, the tee boxes and you look across a vast expanse of water. Now it's not that far. It's not that far at all, but it will psych you out. And you'll think I'm, the number of balls I've lost in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and you're right. And it, it, it is in a beautiful scenic area. And the number 17 that you mentioned actually overlooks part of the flat side wilderness area. It looks way back over in the mountains and simply stunning, simply yes. stunning. Uh, you know, this is an interesting one. This is a it's not an orphan, but it's a, it's the odd <laughs> bird. And that is Coronado. Tom, you knew what I was going to say before I said it, right? <laughs> Yes, I did. Court. It's an odd bird. It's a very odd bird. Um, a lot of people will, like our residents, won't put it in their selection for the week. But when they do once in a while, they go, wow, we should play here more often. But what makes Coronado great is it's it, it can challenge a good player and, and, and it can help um, a beginner feel welcome, too. It's, it's a par 62. There's no par fives. The great thing for the beginners, there's not a bunker out there. So if you're worried about sand, there isn't one out there. Um, it, it, it's a fun course to learn the game. It's a fun course when you're a good player. To, it's the hardest, in my opinion, to, to break par on any of the golf courses for a good player would be Coronado. Just the par threes are wonderful um, and difficult. So it's it's all abilities can play Coronado. It, it's fun for all of them. And it's called, actually, the, the technical term I think Cooper used was that it's an executive course. That is correct. And, and to those on the outside, um, typically, holes are typically three par, four par, five par. And the five par are typically four or 500-yard monsters. They're huge mm -hmm. holes. 
none of that is in Coronado. Coronado, I think, like you say, is the fantastic place to start. You're not going to end up in the sand. You're not going to get too far out of control. You're, I mean, it's not bad. And, and I'll tell you, just Matt and Mike and, and all of you, as a, as, a, as a very novice player, one of the concerns that I have, and I'll come to this as we get to another hole here in just a minute, but one of the concerns that I had was not that I would be a terrible golfer. My concern was that I would keep the guys behind me from playing through or whatever. And I'll tell you my story here in just a minute about that when we get to another one of my favorite golf courses. But uh, just like at Coronado, uh, it, it wasn't a, a, when I used to live in Little Rock before I moved out here, I would come out at noon or one o'clock on a, on a long summer day. And I could typically get 18 holes in at one o'clock or two o'clock on Coronado and play till dark or right around that time and be alone. Basically, mm -hmm. you know, it was just gorgeous. All right, Matt Balboa. Balboa. Wow. Uh, another great course, Tom. <laughs> back to you tom back to you tom's the golfer i i'm telling you guys i am not that good of, i've seen a lot of backyards i'm not great uh it's uh i love playing but i'm just not that great so we'll, so i'm hearing that you're popular in backyards like you make a lot of appearances in backyards i know a lot of dogs i know a lot of stuff yeah it's been it's been great so i get to meet the neighbors quickly, quickly. Yeah, apparently <laughs> Balboa, I think, is known for their greens more than anything else. They're very usually very quick, very fast. Um, the golf course, we're starting to transition, not too much yet, but it's a little more forgiving off the tee, but not too much. It's still tree-lined everywhere. It's still, you usually see the only hole that you're playing is the only hole you'll see. You don't see any other holes like you would at DeSoto. Um, but it's a, it, it's a fun golf course, and it's, the, I don't want to, the ladies don't like it very much because it's kind of long for the ladies over there. So we're trying to rectify that and build some new tees as we do towards renovation. But um, we're, we're collecting money with our surcharge right now to try to get some help for that golf course and fix some problems we have over there. But as well as the condition is right now, everybody goes, well, what are you going to fix? It's such a great shape right now. And the greens are always solid and, and, and fast and, it's it's a tricky one. It's a hard golf course. If you get the it ball, is, it above is the a hole hard golf course, and, and and it's a it's a legacy genius. I think it's beautiful. It's awesome. I may be in the minority here, but you guys apparently have. I think the clubhouse is magnificent. I think it's one of the prettiest vistas I've ever seen. Two story clubhouse out from the one in the eighteen. Beautiful. And as I understand it, I'll ask Mike because apparently Matt's not talking anymore. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, have you guys, are you guys part of the ones that moved to the, uh, to the, uh, clubhouse? Are y'all working at the clubhouse now? Let me interject. Cause I will not let Mike, <laughs> Mike has not moved. Mike no. is still, uh, at Isabella, but Tom and I, uh, in our golf department have moved. So when you walk in through the double doors, um, the second floor were to the left and, uh, Mike Secor's crew did a great job of turning it from pink and shag carpeting from, I think, an old Mexican restaurant or whatever. Uh, took out some walls, put in some drop ceiling, and yeah, exactly. Took the mariachis out or whatever and put us in. Uh, IT got our phones dialed in, got our computers. It was a one-day move from the POA uh, admin building to Balboa. Fantastic. It's quiet. It, uh, we, we have so much more walk-in golf customers that come in. Uh, it's been great. So we get to see, I at least get to see a lot of faces that I haven't seen since I worked at Magellan behind the counter. 
the Discovery Center, uh, which was located downtown and then on the east end, is now uh, part of, they took half of the pro shop or the golf shop downstairs. And so that's where they work from. It's great. It's just a good use of space. Uh, they've got the restaurant with the new vendors in that uh, has been updated with tables and some carpeting. They haven't, since COVID, they really haven't gotten started serving upstairs, but they still do in the, at the lounge. Uh, and that's called the turn at Balboa. So yeah, a lot of good things and we're loving life. It's just, it, it's, uh, it, it's nice. And to walk in and look down as Tom and I, and we all do look down uh, number 10 fairway or, you know, on the putting green or whatever. It's, uh, it's fantastic. The struggle is real. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And, yeah. and we, we hear that quite often from, uh, so, from, from yeah, we hear. So you're telling often. me it sucks to be Mike is what I'm hearing. It so what I'm, what I'm looking at also is that get, give me an update because you touched on it and I, I know it's associated. It's tangential, but tell me about the discovery center. What exactly does that do? And what are they doing? Well, basically they, what they do is they handle uh, people that, that are looking to buy in the village. So what we do in the Discovery Center is we set up a two-night stay at uh, a residence or whatever and either then get the golf dial in or if they don't golf, pickleball, whatever. And they're a part of a realtor group also that they give the leads to a realtor and they meet up and they tour the village. Uh, and it's another thing that I think COVID has helped with. It's exploded as far as numbers. I am not over the Discovery Center, so I don't know the specific numbers. I just know that it has grown. Uh, and then also what I've seen is that has maybe, if it didn't lead into buying homes, which it has, it has led into them coming back on a golf stay and play package mm. with their buddies, with other spouses or whatever. Our repeat and referral that we have seen in the five years that we've been doing this for whatever it's been, it's been, it's impressive. Uh, you get people here once they want to come back yeah. and then they'll have offshoots of their own groups. So say if we have a group of 20 from Dallas, one of those guys will bring his golf group of 16 or whatever. It just grows exponentially. And uh, the way they are treated and, and, and what we hear, cause I speak to every single one of them, they just love the village, the laid back pace, all of the, the golf department, just the village as a whole. It's easy. That's why you asked earlier. It's, you, you can't but love it. You know, it's just we, 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 we sell fun. It's a know, fun job. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And as, as opposed to those other people at the POA pushing numbers. That's it. Right. Yeah. You're Tom, exactly right. Can you give us some idea Sorry. of outside participation of, of what that looks like, you know, compared to villagers playing? It's. Like I told you earlier, it's, we did about 240,000 rounds last year. And out of that 240,000, there was about 38,000 outside play. So you do the math, about 200,000 residents that play here or rounds and about the rest of it in visitor play. And when things are like this, Tom, I mean, marketing, who needs marketing? I mean, you're struggling, <laughs> you're struggling to keep up. Paul Sage doesn't agree. He says they still need marketing. Yeah. He, he, he told us that. Told and us. We, Paul, Paul has helped with the stay and play. He's helped uh, market that more and more. And Kevin just got back. Kevin Sexton, who works with, uh, also with Paul and the Discovery Center, just got back from Dallas, the Dallas Golf Show, and started to get some leads for our stay and play packages. Also, it, it, it's 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 real quickly. We we were eighty one percent above twenty twenty last year in revenue just for stay and play packages. So eighty one percent. It's yeah. Well, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and and, and Tom, Thanks, just, and and because we're about done, if we can, uh, 
punts. I call it the monster. Oh my <laughs> Lord. I like playing at punts, but man, you know, you, you come off the first nine and you're like, I don't know. Are we going to make it to the, I don't know. There's a lot of doing. Tell me your thoughts on punts. It's one of my top two. It's one of my top two favorites that I've ever played in the village. It's, it's really a shot maker's dream. You've got to hit shots in the right places all day long. It's, it's a beautiful golf course. Uh, the greens are lovely. Yeah. You talk to our lowest handicap players, they put ponds up there above every, every other golf course in the village. It's, it's a wonderful place to play. It is hard. If you, if you get it going like Matt does into the houses and the trees, <laughs> it gets very hard. <laughs> Wouldn't you, you agree, Mike? Several thousand yards on that first 500 hole. Right? <laughs> yeah. That first hole is probably the hardest starting hole in the village right there. Right off the bat, you get hit with the, one of the hardest par fours in the village. So it, well, you've got to get, get on your game early there. Paul. Well, you said you had to place your shots well. Apparently, that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> who knew who knew is that it was that simple right that's right we move over and i'll tell you what here here's going to be one of my absolute favorites and that is magellan oh my lord and and for those of you who don't know about lake balboa the largest lake in the village around a thousand acres actually flows out of the the back there's a beautiful spillway there that people have actually kayaked before or whitewater rafted in a big deal it goes down and goes into the number 10 of magellan and turns and it is this is not an exaggeration and it's to your credit each of you you, you I, I'm, I'm tee off at number 10 which is right by the clubhouse i walk down alongside number 10 and i look down and here's the creek that is the overflow from lake balboa and there's a 14-inch largemouth bass looking up through the two-foot deep water at me going, what? What are you looking at? <laughs> it's, 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 it's like being in a national park. It's gorgeous. It's simply gorgeous. And Y'all he's got one any- of mass golf balls in his mouth. Exactly. <laughs> the, fish, the fish has a bruise on his forehead where Matt was, has been there. So true. So true. But <clears throat> tell me what it's like, in your opinion, uh, Tom, to play Magellan. I'll let Mike handle that one. He hasn't spoke up lately, so we'll let Mike no, handle okay. that one. The John's a great golf course to play. We have a lot of a lot of fun out there. You got a lot of scenic views. You got to hit a lot of little golf shots. You got to got to place your ball well. But it's a great risk reward golf course. If you feel like getting aggressive, you can make some low scores. But if you hit the wrong shot, you can make some high numbers. You talking some about backyard? You're talking about Matt again, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So as we move along, and now, and Mike, this is obviously probably your best question too, but Isabella, let's talk about another odd bird. I mean, I had never, till I came to the village, I'd never heard of a 27-hole. Tell me about it. Oh, it's, a, it's, you know, 18, the original 18 were built, uh, Nina Pinta, and they were numbered 1 through 18. Then we came back and, and added Santa Maria a few years later. Santa Maria's got the best closing hole on number nine in the village. So you, know, you go to Ponce with the best starting hole, Santa Maria, number nine, by far the best finishing hole in the village. And probably uh, what, what outside people don't know is that, you know, not all 27 may be open at the same time. You may have number one and number three open and number two and number three. And how does that work? Yeah. Due to the rotations, you know, we try to try to get you to finish at the golf shop. So we'll start a lot on Penta and have you end up on Santa Maria. And then during the afternoons, we'll start a lot on Nina and have you finish on Penta. We try to avoid the Santa Maria to Nina rotation because for some reason, once you get out there and play those 18 holes, it's real easy to to fly over to Penta and play those other nine. And it's amazing. We don't see the revenue in that sometimes. (laughs) What what happens there? That's that's, so not like this ever applies to me. 
But when that little marshal comes by and he's checking your stubs, is he looking for Matt or you? Is that what is, is he looking for, <laughs> for me? He found Matt in the trees back on the other hole. True, true. Yeah, next yeah, okay. What hole is it? What hole is it on Isabella? And I, we won't mention the guy's name. You'll probably know him. I don't where he has taken golf balls, driven spikes through them and put them in his yard just to fool Matt. Yeah. Well, I, I, he, I made him move. Uh, Did you? Okay, yeah, good. Cause gone. he was kind of a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is no longer there. That was six uh, Pinto, right? Yeah. Six Pinto. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Randy, you'd be you'd hit your ball, and you know you walk That's around a good the corner. Bit. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a kind of a cruel sense of humor, but it, yeah. you know, for Matt. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, and and Tom, <clears throat> final one. Tell me about Granada. Well, I, tough to beat Granada. Granada is the first course everybody has to play when they're coming into the village. It's the, it, it was rated high from, it was rated high in the state when it first opened in 2004. I, I don't know if there's any better vistas in the, in, in the, in Hot Springs Village. The golf holes are, they keep getting better. The more you play each one and the finish is incredible with the waterfall, the whole length of the hole on number 18. It's, it's a fun golf course. You never get tired of playing Granada. There are wider fairways at Granada and Isabella, so it is player-friendly, even for Matt. You know, it gives him a little more room out there. But it, it's beautiful. I mean, you, you can stand up at the clubhouse and look down number 10 and see the mountains in the background, and it's, it, it really is my favorite. It is uh, just slightly edges out ponds, but it's a fun place to play. It, everybody enjoys it. I can't say enough about Granada. Is it the busiest of all the courses? No, Isabella is uh, part partially because they have twenty seven holes, so there's many more players out. It is we can accommodate more players. Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's actually third, and it, it goes back and forth between Cortez and, and Granada. So your top there, Isabella, then Granada and Cortez juggle back and forth. So as we get to April, and the weather stops being so schizophrenia, what what improvements? What improvements? can people can players expect well i i get excited and and the superintendents get very excited next week we start our 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 players don't get excited sorry about that but everybody else we're getting ready for the year so we we, we're airifying our greens starting next week and what that does is they go in and pull out punch holes in all our greens make some not very pretty for about seven days but we have to do this to get through the summers the hot summers we have to airify these greens it makes them better makes them healthier and it's also, to me, the first sign of spring. When we start airifying, the grass is starting to turn green. We're getting the golf courses ready for the, the really nice weather coming up starting in April, May, all, all through the summer. Now, that airifying, it, it looks like they're just pulling plugs out of the ground. Is that it, or are they poking holes in? Which one? Well, they're, they're poking a hole and then pulling what they they, they uh, poke down. They're pulling all this extra stuff that doesn't need to be there, this organic material. You get out as much as you can, and then you're filling these holes with sand, um, the sand is a better base than all this organic material that built up that, that it, it's terrible for the greens, especially when we get to go into the typical Arkansas summer with our high, high humidity and our hundred degree temperature. It, it, we need to have more airflow going through those greens, more places where water can drain through them instead of sit on top. And that, that just bakes them come summertime. So they do it. The supers do a tremendous job getting these greens healthy, ready to go. So now I do see fans over some of the greens like Magellan and places like that. That's simply to keep the air rolling across them. So I, 
does mold set up? I mean, what does it do? Yeah, you can't. You, you've got to keep them dry because if moisture builds up that in the heat of the summer, it, it'll create lots of fun, funguses and other things that will kill those greens. So we have to, you've got to realize our uh, greens on six of our courses are a bent grass green, which is actually a northern green. So it does very well, except in more in July and August. We got to keep them alive because this is definitely not a northern climate in July and August in Arkansas. It's a little warmer in the high 90s. So you've got to keep that air movement going, keep them dry so they don't, you know, get fun funguses and other diseases during the summer. It sounds like keeping everything alive is a moving target. Is, am I close? Uh, just those hot months. But that's what's so great about the village is Magellan and DeSoto have uh, more of a southern grass on their greens. They thrive in that time of year. So to me, we made it the best of both worlds. There's not a time of the year that we don't have great greens. And, and we used to suffer with eight bent grass greens in the summer we just they were softer because you got to keep them cool you got to keep them alive now we've got two bermuda grass greens at DeSoto magellan that are thriving that time of year and, and they're great well i, I i'm 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 simply trying to absorb and take all this in <laughs> i want to hear i want to hear how each of you got to the village is what i want to hear <laughs> let's start with i'll the start and i'll let them all finish you know i in 2000, I was offered a job here. I was at Pleasant Valley Country Club in Little Rock, Arkansas. I moved to Arkansas in 97. So I had three years under my belt in Arkansas and never heard or seen Hot Springs Village before. So I was asked to come down for an interview and I drove through the gate and I said, this is a place I'd like to stay. And I was hired uh, by John Paul back in 2000 as a PGA regional manager. I was in charge of three of the courses because we had seven at that time because we're just open up Isabel that same year um, with plans for an eighth course at Granada. So with only Rick Ross here, one golf pro, they needed another golf professional to, to share the duty. So at that time I was hired in 2000 and what is it? 2022. I'm still here and love every bit of it. Um, so I came from New York to Arkansas and then to the village, which is in Arkansas, but I, I feel like um it's a melting pot down here. There's people from everywhere. So it, it's really fun place to be. My family has grown up here. Um, it's great. Love it here. Who's next? Oh, okay. No, so. So uh, I grew up in New York also. I went to college in Michigan through a program called Ferris State, which was the first professional golf management program at the time. Went through some co-ops down in Texas, decided I hated the uh, up north winters, moved down to Texas, worked there. While uh, working there, I worked for a guy that moved to Little Rock, worked in Little Rock, Jonesboro, and then uh, played in a pro-am in Hot Springs Village back in like 1993. They used to have a two-day pro-am, and it's the last pro-am I won. So, you know, my, something happened to my playing ability. I don't know what happened. Work got in the way. And then, uh, you know, when I won that Pro-Am, we played Ponce and DeSoto, shot 71 at Ponce, 66 at DeSoto, had a great time. But it was just – it was a great place. It was fun to get to. I always wanted to come back here because this is what I love doing. I love promoting golf, playing golf, talking to people about golf, and just being around it. And where else can you do it better here than place eight golf courses? And, you know, we, we kind of know who we let in and let out. So, it's – I mean, that's how I got And uh, I grew up outside of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, went to college, didn't do well, went to California, Southern California for 20 years. Uh, I got into the car business, ended up running a couple dealerships in Southern California, 08 hits, 
it was kind of like, what are we going to do? And my father-in-law had retired here in the village, uh, I think in 04, I had visited. So we moved out in 09 and started the business on the West End that uh, is still there. I got away from that and started marshalling for Mikey at Balboa. I played some golf, which wasn't good golf, but uh, took a couple of years off and tried to find a game. And uh, yeah, ended up working behind the counter, managing Magellan. Tom got promoted to uh, director of golf and said, hey, let's, uh, why don't you come sell golf for me? And uh, I said, hey, right up my alley, let's do it. And uh, here we sit. And again, like these two guys, we're, we're best of friends and we love what we do, at least I know I do. And uh, it's been, it's, it's, it's a great existence. How often do the three of you guys play golf together or do you? Yes. We, if, yeah, and I get lessons all the time and I'm the worst student ever, but it's a blast. Plus yeah. we put, we're friends with our managers and, and, and all of that. We're, we're just kind of a tight net, you know, and we, all of our family that ever comes in and, and whatever, they know us all. We all get together. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it couldn't be better. It's just like Tom said, a very big melting pot, but a great place. And people are envious of where we all live. Well, it shows, it shows. And, you know, and I, I applaud Tom and all of you. I mean, the, the, the culture that you guys kind of exude of the golf department for a guy that's not a golfer, but loves to watch it and loves to be on a golf course. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's pretty cool. I well, it should be fun. I mean, that, that that's the point, right? Yeah, it's work, but it can be fun at the same time, right? Agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. That was that was our tagline that we came up with: make golf fun. So that's kind of how we promote this within our team that that works out there, and we try to make golf fun, make everybody have fun while they're out there. Let, let me let me touch on one other thing that you you Matt you mentioned just a sec. So. If I'm a marshal, what what are the benefits? What can I do? How does that work? If I'm inside the village and I think, yeah, you know, I'm I may not be a golf nut, but I'd like to know how to be more involved. What can I do? Well, basically, you would go to uh, any of the golf shops to talk to the managers to see if they need anybody. Uh, and basically, if you marshal, it's a voucher program, so it's a volunteer program. And basically, what you're out there for is for player safety and pace of play. Uh, and uh, that's basically it. That's basically I mean, that's, it. Yeah. In a nutshell. So if you, if you volunteer to Marshall, then you get a, a coupon that says you get to play that month or whatever. You actually get a voucher uh, for nine holes. So depending on, I think it's every two hours of volunteer time, you get a voucher that allows you for a nine hole round of golf with a cart. Uh, obviously for the, for the manager position or the, anybody who works behind the counter, those people obviously are paid and we're always looking for those people. Is that, that correct? Is correct. 100%. 100%. Hmm. And, and we're looking for maintenance guys also. It's, it's, a, mm -hmm. you know, we're getting that part of the time of the year that we're starting to gear up verification, grass starts growing. We're, we're mowing, we're doing a lot more on the golf course than just, you know, setting tees, cutting holes, dumping garbage and things like that. No, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking your competition this year is Amazon offering 18 an hour and, and uh, McDonald's offering 14 an hour. And yeah. Hey, listen, it's going to be yeah, hot as blue blazes. And we yeah, the working conditions aren't nearly as good though. Is what yeah. uh, he's got a point. He's got a point. He's got a point. Well, I think we may have, we may have finished up part one, Randy, you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think there's a whole lot more we can come back to on hot springs village inside out. I'll tell you what, Tom Heffler, Mike Sosha, Matt, it has been a pleasure and a delight. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you again on hot springs village inside out. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.